Thank you for joining the Self-Care Doc Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Brown. Today, we're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Janice and Colin. like to you know kind of continue down the path we're going but bring it back to the the separate roles and where we see men and where we see women um and in that one of the things we talked about and I think it came up for both the men and for the women and what their roles are in society was this idea of protector right and the men felt like hey I have to be the protector and that's what I'm called to be but then it was discussed that women also are a protector uh, especially in relationships and all of that. So um, is there is there a defined role from a clinical standpoint for what a man should be and what a woman should be? And I'd like to start. Who wants to jump on that grenade? No, thank you. <laughs> Come Go on. Ahead. Go ahead. These, are, these are the hard no, questions. No, I actually, like, I love the essence of the question there, though, because um, so when we look through time, when we look back in time, we look through history, um, we have these clearly defined, okay, this is what a man does, this is what the housewife does, basically. And uh, it's fascinating because part of our conversation today, we're going to talk a little bit about this and just how that's transitioned. But when we look back, it's changed so much, but the heart of it is the same. So I think one of the things that we look at in like a heterosexual relationship <laughs> is this dynamic of they might both be working, but when a man, and this came up in the podcast, what they need is that security. They need that encouragement. They need that support. And women, they have this amazing ability to actually protect that, to actually support that, and to help them to save face, especially when they do dumb things, because we guys sometimes do dumb things. And we need somebody that's there to be our advocate for us. And that was kind of the whole essence of what I heard, that men really are craving. And women see that but we don't always communicate that in the best way. We think we're doing something loving for our partner, but it's what we think is loving, not what they've told us is loving. And some spouses will say, well, you're only doing it because I told you. No, I'm doing it because I listened and I heard you and I love you. Even And you told me what you needed and I want to give that to you. Now, it doesn't mean you do it exactly the, the you know precise way. This is exactly what I want you to do, but give them an idea. I'd love it if you would maybe leave me more notes okay, they didn't tell you where to leave them and what kind of notes, so get creative with it. And I think when we honor each other that way, I think it's a blessing. Now flipping it over and saying, okay, well, what is it that women are looking for so often? They want that acknowledgement. They want that support. They want that encouragement. They want that honor. They want, they want to know that you see them. So you pull back, how is it any different? We're humans and we have the same human element, not to generalize it too much, but we all want to feel accepted. We all want to feel loved. We all want to feel safe. So Dr. Janice, when uh, Dr. Brown just talked about what women are really looking for, as a woman, did that resonate with you or would you challenge um, what it is he said that women are looking for? Wow. Yes, I, <laughs> I feel that uh, I agree with about 90% of what you said. Uh, what I really look at is 
and I pull back. No, I think 90% is good. Let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Typical <laughs> man. <laughs> here goes my ego. Thanks, yeah. Janice. Hey, are we going to be honest here? I don't know. It depends on how honest. I'm, I'm pretty sensitive, and I don't have my, my Millie here. I'm right really now. enjoying this position. In this. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, when you were talking about roles and the male role and the female role, that is something I have seen during my lifetime that has been really nice is being able to stretch that role, really stretch that role as far as what that means and what that doesn't mean. Yeah. Uh, to be able to, yes, work and have a career and have a profession, but be the mom and, you know, the nurturing and all of those different things. So that part is... I think a, a beautiful thing to embrace, but I, I think in the in the end, I think so much of what men and women want, and I know I talked about this in one of the other podcasts with men and women, how we want as close to unconditional love as human beings can give. That you know, Carl Rogers, unconditional positive regard. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> But it is, it's that I love you, I accept you to the best of our human ability. Because you've said before, very eloquently, about the best. Everybody heard that, right? Very eloquently. Yeah. That makes up for the 10% I missed. Yeah. (laughs) That the best model for love is God. Yeah. You know, we've Mm -hmm. got that model for all of us and to look at that. And then the follow-on question, just based on some of the aside, is... Um, Dr. Janice, where do you think, as far as men are concerned, ego comes in? We don't have egos. Wait, Colin, what kind of question is that? <laughs> I couldn't even say it with a straight face. I think that's a significant issue with getting down and Yeah, sharing. getting down. That's what a lot of men like, getting down. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, you guys, you're going to be in like the little timeout corners right now, because that's about it. Yes. Me? Yes. <laughs> Guilty by association. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yes. Um, can you say the question again? Yeah, I just, it, it, I just wanted to talk, you know, egos. And where does that play into the idea of these roles? Um, and, and maybe not just for men, but, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it is more publicly acknowledged or accepted that men's egos um, play a larger role in who they are than women. And so... Where does the idea of men's egos play a role in in heterosexual relationships and the role of men and women? Right, right. The whole ego, macho, machismo, and, and you know that goes on not only with men, other cultures and the like. I think that the ego with men, uh, women also, but certainly generally with men, we look at that fear of rejection that fear of shame, that fear of not doing something right. And this is where I see in my practice so many couples get in big honking trouble. <laughs> is It's the old, I know what I say, but I don't know what you hear. And with these filters, anything that looks like, smells like, tastes like, I didn't do something right, hits them right in the ego. 
and there is a reaction and then it's off to the races with arguments and you don't accept me you don't love me i can't do anything right well and i think fear of abandonment comes in play really yes. big there yes yeah especially Absolutely. for so many men right. yeah yeah right well and I, I would challenge not challenge i would add too that i think there's a big distinction between ego and pride though they're very there's a lot of carryover there but would you, and this may be for both of you what would you see as the difference between ego and pride I, I think it, it comes from the same place. It's how it's applied. Okay. You can be prideful um, and, and, um, and when applied incorrectly, it could be egotistical. You can have a great ego, right, that is well-balanced and, and, and is in tune with who you actually are. I think the two of them where they become, you know, um, something that would be looked at in negative light is – when you have a false ego or a false pride in where your capabilities are who you are. So, you know, ego and pride, I think, are positive things. It's really knowing yourself and understanding your own limitations and not allowing um, you to have this false ego. And I know I said a lot of words without saying anything, but I, I, I'm trying to figure out exactly the, the most eloquent way to say that. It's like, I think they're the same thing. It's just when you look at yourself and, and have a false sense of who you are, that's where you can go awry, both with ego and pride. No, I actually quite appreciate that because as you were saying that, what really came to my mind was when ego and pride are balanced appropriate, appropriately, that's where confidence comes in. Mm. And yes. I think confidence, that's, of course, we know the number one most attractive trait in another person. And so let me take this to another step. I think it's the difference in men and women in this way. I think men struggle more with ego and I would, and I'm going to, this is kind of anecdotal, but I would say men struggle more with ego, women struggle more with identity. Mm -hmm. Janice, would you agree with that? I think, it, you know, when we're generalizing, yes. However, I see with many people, men, a little bit more, they get into this very unhealthy place where I am what I do. Yeah. And if you get mm. into I am what I do and I don't. Great point. Holy buckets! Yeah. Then, then we're I'm in nothing. Trouble. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we've been indoctrinated into the society of we are there to provide. We are there to, uh, but it's not very clearly defined. I know back in the '50s, the idea was the man was there to provide financially, and everything else was up to the woman. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as this transition over the last 70 years, 60 years, 70 years, all of that. I think that's one of the things as women have been entering the workforce more, we've looked at even stay-at-home parenting as, as kind of a, uh, an, a uh, unpaid employment uh, mindset. And I think there's so much value to that because there's so much work that goes behind anybody that's working outside of the home in order to support the family system as well as the person that's, that is working outside of the home. So to be able to keep that balance and more of that appreciation for what everybody is bringing to the table. It's not one person. It's, hey, I'm providing this safety, this security so that you are able to recharge. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. recently Jordan Peterson, uh, he made a comment about, um, oh, what was that? We were just talking about it earlier. Yeah, where, where being an extrovert yes. means that you like to talk to people. Right, which is so ignorant. That's so ignorant. Extroversion, and this goes back to Carl Jung, true extroversion and introversion means um, if I'm introverted, 
how I get recharged mm -hmm. is by, uh, did I say extroversion? No, you, you okay. said it, you're, you're absolutely okay. right. So true extroversion, I, I get recharged by being around people, by being more social. Introversion, I get recharged by having that alone downtime. Yeah. And I find I'm very extroverted when it comes to, you know, uh, how engaged I am with other people, but I'm very introverted as a human because I need that downtime. I need right. to recharge that it's, way. Extroversion and introversion is not an insight into how social you are. Exactly. And people saying that I'm an extroverted introvert, I understand what they're saying is like, I love being around people. And when I am, like I'm social and I'm a butterfly, that, that doesn't mean you're an extrovert. Right. Because after you do that, you have to then go find yourself some quiet time to really recharge and, and feed your soul. It, extrovert and introvert is not this idea of how social you are. Right. Um, so I want to kind of keep going down this path of, of men and women. And we talked about uh, negative, how negatively um, an ego can uh, affect a relationship um, and, and that generally men suffer from, you know, those inflated egos probably more. And so I want to kind of flip the script um, and I, I think probably anecdotal, but if, if there's a lot of listeners out there, let's talk about some of the things that maybe affect relationships negatively from the, the woman's perspective. And I, I think it was talked about earlier is there are women out there, and I don't, maybe you can provide uh, based on your interactions and your practices, um, that think men should just know what they're thinking. Hmm. Why is that? And how do we talk about that? You nailed it. And this is something... Don't, don't feed his ego. <laughs> oh, Come on. It. Well, I'm telling you... <laughs> See, I tied in ego here. Come on. Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I I wish that uh, you and I had a nickel for every time we've heard this in our office. Certainly is women many times will want their partner, if, it, if it's male, male partner or female partner, to read their mind. Yeah. And... They can't do it. Yeah. I mean, the basic piece of communication, I'm upset with you. We need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Which those is always words, a great phrase. We need to talk. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. But those words, 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 have to come out of their mouth. Yeah. Because if not, there is no way that you can have any clue what that other person is thinking. If you come in the door... And you look at me and give me a funny look, you might have gas. <laughs> okay? That's a reality. You may be really mad at me, but most people are going to go to the most negative about the self. And so it's like, oh, great. He's, he's mad at me. What did I do now? And it's boom. You know, we've already had a full script in our head. Instead, backing that up, and, you know, you come in the door again, and I see that look. And I say, hey, what's going on? You know, how's your day been? Yeah. And I think, yes. And I want to talk even more kind of in this know what I'm thinking, know what I want out of you, because I've found myself in situations, and I know I've spoken with a lot of other men who felt and, and have found themselves in the situation where it doesn't actually have to be an emotion right. um, that their their female partner is feeling but an expectation of a task getting done that hasn't been discussed, or you should have acted this way right. in this scenario. Like, 
So yes, and like, why is there at least this, and, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but why is there this uh, general consensus that, um, you know, and we, we make jokes about it societally, like how can you get into the brain of a woman? I don't know what she wants from me. Like, how was I supposed to know she wanted me to do X, Y, Z because we never discussed it. Can we talk about that a little bit from your roles um, and, and where you see this come out in your practices? Yeah, I think this is such a great topic because really when it comes down to it, if I've got a, if, I, if I'm struggling with something, the male or female, it doesn't make a difference. Um, and there's something I want to talk about with my partner. Maybe it's kids, maybe it's finances, maybe it's a vacation coming up or work, whatever it is. Like I've been stewing on it and then I bring it to my partner but I'm not respecting what they're doing at the moment. And I just say, well, we need to talk about Jimmy's grades or whatever. Well, what the hell? Like, give me a little bit of respect. Give me some time to prepare for it. And so a more appropriate way to handle it is to be able to go to our partner and say, hey, um, you know, I think we really need to talk, sit down and talk about, you know, little Jimmy's grades. Um, could we sit down maybe tonight after dinner, after he goes to bed and just have a quick discussion or discussion about that? What I'm then saying is I respect you as my partner enough I don't want to blindside you and catch you off guard. I want you to be prepared for it mentally. And so when we get that time, we sit down and we actually talk about it and we actually have a fruitful conversation because if I blindside you with it, you're going to get defensive. And that's where most conversations go awry is you don't respect your partner enough by letting them actually prepare for the conversation and you're disrespecting them because maybe their mind is somewhere else. And Colin, I think your question was great of, uh, or wh whoever it was that said it. You know, you walk in the door and they, hey, what's going on? That I, I actually, I, I, that's one I kind of would tweak, I think. I think when somebody walks in the door, as it were, like, I, I, and I tell everybody this, I think, as soon as you walk in the door, greet everybody. It's a pleasant kind of experience. Go take 10 minutes to transition into whatever that role is, dad mode, uh, husband mode, mom role, wife role, whatever. And then, you know, when I come home from work, I dress a lot like I do in everyday life except for today, of course. And uh, I'll come home from work, and as soon as I walk in the door, I'll give everybody hugs, kisses, whatever. I'll go upstairs, I'll change. Sometimes I'll just sit there for five, 10 minutes, but I always uh, change out of my clothes and then uh, go back in and re-engage in the family life. And they just know that. That's my 10 minutes, and I just I need to just decompress for the day. Some of the work that we do, and this is it doesn't matter what career field you're in, you need that transition. And some people would say, well, that's what your drive is for. No, it's not. Oh. You're dealing with jackass drivers. You're dealing with all the crap on the radio or whatever you're right. doing, maybe phone calls. Um, other couples find great value, and uh, as soon as they get out to the parking lot, they call their spouse and just decompress for five minutes, talk about work. And then when they get home, work is off the table. You know what? They didn't. Here's, here's a great message. Your spouse did not pick your line of work. Why the hell do they care about it? And we tell mm -hmm. them so much information that they're just kind of appeasing us. They didn't. They don't care. They want to know, you know, what's something great you experienced today at work? Hmm. You know, was there some big struggle you had at work? You know, how can I pray for? How can I encourage you? But the whole family doesn't need to hear how shitty your job is because you're the one that picked it. Well, and I that that goes with all relationships. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but one of the things that I've started doing um, in my own home, um, and I'm a single dad right now, um, and... Um, Colin, this is not a dating app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, I'm saying it works, and I'm, I'm going to ask, like, how does this apply to relationships? As my son and I, 
at dinner, which is generally after that transition period of him coming back from school and sports and I've got back from work. But at dinner, we sit down and we ask each other, um, and, and I started this and it's amazing, what was the best part of your day? And then I'll say, and he'll tell me about what the best part of the day is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can say, okay, if you could change one part of your day, what would that have been? And it's amazing how much, even with a teenager who doesn't talk, how much I come to learn about their day and what his struggles are. And, and quite frankly, asking what the best part of his day is puts him every day he's thinking about the good. So yes. is that applicable, and, and how, how can we kind of um, adopt that in our male-female heterosexual relationships? I think that that is outstanding, and that is a very, I mean, that's a great idea for couples, and to have that conversation with kids, you know, couples, the whole piece. I want to backtrack a little bit, because I find it very interesting what you two are talking about, about listening to your partner's day and that they aren't interested. I am so interested in my partner's day, my friend's day, their work. So maybe this is a female thing. I don't know. It's interesting. Hmm. I love to hear about it. So quick aside, guys, be more interested. Women, be less interested, please. <laughs> right. Well, when I think uh, in Janice, uh, just to jump in real quick, like, do you have that struggle? And I hear this from therapists all the time, where you, we can't talk about what we do anyway. It's all protected. Uh, it's confidential. And so when you know a partner or somebody would ask me, "Well, how was your day?" I'm like, "Well, like, uh, it was therapy every day," you know. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I, I, that's why I like calling. I like what you ask, and my, my kids do this as well. Or we do this. Uh, I do this with my kids as well, where we have our highs and lows from the day, and we do that at dinner. And it, it is such a powerful thing because mm-hmm. they really get excited about telling you their exciting things. And sometimes it's like I'm not going to say it's dumb, but it's it's not as exciting. It's not as interesting for right. us, but it right. gives you an insight into the the mind of your children, right. or your spouse, it. or your partner, or whoever. I mean, you can have this conversation and. And maybe this is an aside, but you can have this conversation with strangers. Um, you know, I mean, we are all, and what, I've what said a this. Creeper. No, but I, think about it, though, right? In like, in, in really caring about the the human experience, mm-hmm. there are days where if somebody came up to me in a grocery store and said, "What was what's the best part of your day?" That would be amazing. Or what is it that you're struggling with? Like, and I said this earlier uh, in, a, in another thing, um, we're all just having a human experience. Like, if we think about that, like male, female, whatever we are, every one of us is a human, yeah. and we're having this experience called life. And life has its ups and downs. It, like, give each other a little grace and communicate. I think we're talking about, well, we are made up differently from a chromosomal standpoint, we also have so much in common that if we would just communicate as men and as women about what those experiences are, yeah. I think this this life would become a lot easier. Yeah. Yes, it's the defenses that we all have that get us into so much, you know, uh, 
trouble in the weeds with communication and assumptions. And again, I, t- I call them these filters that no one can see them, but they are there and you'll know when you hit them. Yeah. When I think we've got to remind ourselves that when we set up a, a barrier, uh, kind of a safety wall, um, it doesn't just keep people out. It also keeps us in. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a concept called the homeostasis of a relationship. And it's really this idea that the more extreme one partner is one way, the more extreme the other one will be the opposite way. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very much the emotional, passionate, kind of uh, the emotional, passionate, kind of uh, uh, romantic one where my partner was uh, very not. And so I, I would like try to put it on even more and just uh, trying to model that and say, hey, no, this is, you know, this is important. And it would push them the exact opposite way extreme. And the, the idea of this concept would be if I back off of that more, then they will likely just naturally kind of meet me more towards the middle. And I think that same thing works with what you were just saying there. Mm-hmm. If women like to have, and of course these are generalized statements, but if women like to have all the extra detail and I think we talked about the, what is it, 40,000 words a day for women and like 7,000 for men or whatever it was. If men talked more, women would talk less or, or be uh, less intr- interested in it because we would actually be providing the details instead of them trying to get the details. And I think when we set women up like that and we only tell them, yeah, work was fine. Well, what the hell does that mean? Right. And so if we would say, you know, work was good. You know, I had some really good meetings today. Uh, I had this really fun conversation. Um, it was really challenging at times, but I, I, you know, I really felt like I made a difference today. Mm-hmm. Well, like your partner's probably going to be like, first of all, they're going to be like, who the hell are you? And you're just going to respond with, well, I've been listening to the self-care doc podcast and it's really making a difference, right? Right. Okay. That's Here, right. That call, that call guy is amazing. And so, uh, uh, by doing that, uh, we're honoring our partner because when they're asking us a question, you've got to look, what is the question behind the question? What is the heart thing that they're actually asking? They don't care about what your day was. They care about how you are in your day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big difference right there. Yes. You tell me you were wrong, but your words fall short.